0: Welcome to the Rebel Educator Podcast, where we talk to students, educators, and thought leaders who are innovators and creatives in education. I'm your host, Tanya Sheckley. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everyone. I'm here today with Sasha Keck. Sasha is a senior in high school, and I got to know her last year because she worked on an engineering capstone project with my disabled dog, Harold. And I'm super excited to have you and to talk a little bit more about school and education with you, Sasha. So thank you so much for making time to chat.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me to chat. <laughs> <laughs> so can you
0: share Can you share a little bit of the events or classes or teachers that you remember that have really made an impact on your learning? For sure. Um, so I'd say
1: most recently, um, I have the best recollection of my high school years, but I would say that Ms. Conaway, my engineering teacher for Engineering 1, Engineering 2, and Engineering Capstone last year's class, she was definitely the most influential teacher I've had um, because she just really pushed us to think outside the box and do unconventional um, learning, which was really missing in other like traditional high school um, classes where it's lectures and notes and stuff. So we got to do a lot of hands-on material. Um, and then my calculus BC teacher last year, Mr. McGurk, um, he was phenomenal. Um, he has a learning disability that makes it so that he can't memorize material. And so he taught the whole class in a way where we could understand exactly how calculus was um, coming about and uh, instead of memorizing formulas, which was really, really neat. And I understood that class so well. It was just, it was amazing. So I think those two teachers and classes were probably the best um, in terms of my high school experience.
0: So I'm hearing that you really enjoyed the unconventional ways of teaching when somebody looked at it from a different perspective or a different angle or you got to really experience the learning instead of just sitting and listening to teachers.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Have you had many experiences that way?
0: Yeah. Have you had experiences where teachers work together among different classes to create material together that's different or is it pretty siloed into different classes and subjects?
1: It kind of depends on the teacher. So we have some of the older teachers who are more stuck in their traditional lectures. They don't really want a lot of stuff impeding on their their schedule that they've been maintaining for 30 or more years at the school. Um, so they don't like the change of schedule. So those classes are more traditional to just lectures and and uh, notes and stuff like that. But Ms. Connolly tried to work in a little bit of, of stuff there where our engineering class had um, projects with a special education department. Um, So our projects were for special education students. Um, That was an engineering two project. And then Spanish does a little bit with our ELD students. I didn't have that particular class, but my sister did where students in Spanish one and students in ELD one would meet up and try to learn each other's languages by having communication time to just chat um during one of their class periods. So I think those are the best examples of intermixing, but because of tight um, schedules in high school, it's a little difficult for a lot of teachers to do that.
0: That makes so much sense for foreign language to work together. It's yeah. one of the things that my husband talks about growing up. He grew up in Connecticut um, and took Spanish. I want to say he took like six years of Spanish. And his high school was about fifty percent Puerto Rican. So everybody spoke Spanish. But mm-hmm. there was no mixing of the students. Like they didn't have Spanish speaking students come in and speak Spanish to the kids that were trying to learn Spanish. It just makes so much sense to utilize all of those resources and just to connect the kids um, because my guess is, and I could be totally wrong, but my guess is a lot of those kids are probably not kids that are generally in your social circle, right, but it gives right. you time to get to know somebody else on campus and get to know another group of people that you might not otherwise connect with. Yeah, it's a really
1: cool opportunity. I wish my Spanish one class did that, but it was a new invention as of last year.
0: So Yeah, no, that's super cool. Can you tell me more about the projects from Engineering 2? Did you actually have the special education students building with you and collaborating and brainstorming?
1: Yeah, so the purpose of the project was it's called a user interface project. So it was essentially based on people being in industry and creating a project for a client where the client has a problem and they give you the description, um, which is what we received from teachers and aides. My class in particular was working with um, our moderate class. So the students are nonverbal. Some of them um, were using talkers and stuff, and a lot of them didn't have motor skills um, that would enable them to be building um, prototypes alongside of us. But they were a big part of user feedback, and um, their aides also helped out a lot because sometimes the projects weren't necessarily for the students, but for the aides. And so our um, the aides would say, oh, I'm pushing a wheelchair and I can't get into the library without bringing another person with me. Can you build something that can help me open up the door and hold it while I push a wheelchair through and then close it easily? That was one of the projects and stuff like that. But there were, depending on which class associated with the period of engineering we were in, um, there was like a different level of involvement with the students in
0: special education and our engineering students. That makes sense. That sounds really cool. Is there anything you're really excited about in school right now? I would say since
1: I'm not taking engineering again this year, otherwise it would definitely be whatever my project is at the time. I really like my physics class this year. There's people that I have been taking math and physics with for, you know, six or more years. And, um, so it's really nice atmosphere to be learning AP physics C, um, mechanics, which is what I want to go into mechanical engineering. And that's really fun. And then I also have a multivariable calculus class that, um, is pretty. Pretty difficult, so sometimes it's a little bit difficult to be positive about it and say that it's super fun
0: because it's a little draining sometimes.
1: But it it is a really neat class. So how
0: you're all distance learning right now, right? So how is a mechanical physics going on a distance learning? How how are you being able to build things and create and recreate that lab atmosphere?
1: Well, unfortunately, it's not the same as the classroom. (laughs) Um, We would normally have Mr. Woodmark, our physics teacher. You know, kicking things around the classroom, or throwing things, or launching projectiles, or shooting Nerf guns at a flying plane to simulate stuff. But uh, we have a Pivot Lab, which is a a program. I believe it's through CU Boulder, could be mistaken there. Um, and basically, you show a video clip, and there's little tools that you can use to take data. Um, but it's nowhere near the atmosphere in the classroom with all that error and stuff of of people jumping up and down trying to measure um, spring forces and stuff. So.
0: They're not having you recreate those sorts of things at home. You're not shooting at flying airplanes with Nerf guns to simulate.
1: Unfortunately, since it's a public school, we have to um, take into consideration that not everybody has a full closet of Nerf guns and and planes to to fly across across their bedroom. So we have to work within what everybody has. Um, Unfortunately, not right now.
0: Yeah, no, that Definitely brings up a a whole nother challenge of the pandemic, not only not being able to be in class and have the energy of the class and collaboration of the class, but also just the disparities of not, you know, the school doesn't have the ability to give everyone the same supplies. There's just not that funding there. And the reality is, like you said, not everybody has that ability to go out and get those same supplies. So it, it really does create a different experience. For sure. Are there other projects or clubs or sports or classes that you're involved in?
1: For clubs, I'm a part of Spartan Buddies. I actually have the privilege of being the president of that club this year. Um, it's our uh, it's a break off of Best Buddies. I don't know if you have heard of Best Buddies before, but Best Buddies is a national organization with um, high school chapters, I believe, and also college chapters, pairing um, students with and without disabilities um, to make one on one friendships. Um, because it got so big at our school, we had to break off and call it Spartan Buddies instead for Mountain View High School. And we have students with and without disabilities paired together. Um, and for running that this year on Zoom, which is a little interesting. We started doing that at the end of, of last year. Um, and so we have, um, I want to say 180 to 200 students participating um, wow. in that club. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> and um, I send them all out into breakout rooms to, to chat with their buddies. And um, everybody's uh, paired with a group of their friends and then somebody in special education, um, depending on their interests. So, you know, if somebody really likes Marvel then we'll put them in a group together with other movie phonetics. It's really neat. Yeah. We'll have animal assisted happiness joining us this week uh, with a virtual farm tour with the animals from there. So lots of fun stuff going on there.
0: I think animal assisted happiness was on campus. The first time I brought Harold in yep. there were a whole bunch of dogs that were leaving.
1: Oh, Animal okay. Assisted Happiness doesn't have dogs, but I think that was like our PTSA and all the service dogs, they had them there.
0: Oh, that could have been it. That could have been it. Yeah. Um, or Spartan Paws. So your high school has about a thousand students or is it bigger than that?
1: Two thousand two hundred. I think maybe more this okay. year we have a big freshman class.
0: Yeah. So I was thinking if you've got almost 200 kids involved, you have almost 10 percent of the student population involved in a buddies yeah. program
1: pretty great. Yeah, it's it's our biggest club on campus. So we enjoy
0: taking pride in that statement. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So if you thinking about high school and thinking about the things that have really worked and the things that haven't worked, if you were going to redesign your whole high school experience and create mm-hmm. like the high school of your dreams, what <laughs> would that look like?
1: like? Um, I think it would start with just the freedom to pick classes more. I could be getting a little greedy by saying that I want to pick more of my classes because I I have had the opportunity to pick which um, science classes I want to take and which math classes and electives and stuff. But as a freshman, I really wanted to take engineering. And unfortunately, that meant that um, as an athlete, I needed to take a zero period PE. So I had um, seven classes and then that eighth period being um, my sport. So I was in school from 7.10 to (laughs) 7pm <laughs> daily as wow. a freshman, which was, which was very difficult. And I I kind of wish that the school made it more possible for me to take an engineering elective, um, while not having to take as many other courses, um, like PE, for example, I'm not sure that I quite needed to be taking PE and volleyball at the same time I was getting enough exercise as is. Um, so I wish that there was more freedom to do that. Um, because I think, you know everybody keeps saying we need more engineers we need more people creating products uh, to solve problems and uh, and people pursuing their passion and i didn't i was like well the high school's kind of allowing us to do that but you do have to make quite a few sacrifices time-wise to make that possible
0: so what what percentage of your classes do you get to choose
1: well it depends on the year so it, it goes from as a freshman you have the least freedom to choose uh, with a required english class and a required Social studies class that are the same, um, and then you go into whichever math you choose um, based on your level. So for me mm-hmm. as a freshman, that meant I could choose between Algebra 2 and Algebra 2 Honors. So I I went into Algebra 2 Honors, and that's a whole different track. And you can choose to um, jump down from that whenever you choose. Um, and I've just continued on that. And as a sophomore, everybody's going to take chemistry, so you can choose chemistry or chemistry honors. Um, etc. And then really, as a junior is when that the picking really, uh, you're allowed to choose what you want to do because you've taken all the requirements. So you can choose to go into environmental science if you're interested or physics, um, or AP biology, AP chemistry, stuff like that. So we do have a good bit of freedom, but
0: it is more structured freedom. And so all the required classes, I'm guessing are designed to put you more on a track towards college that yes, the- making sure that you're taking the math, you're taking the science, you're taking social sciences, you're taking English, and you're keeping up with those things. And
1: you're not allowing
0: you (laughs) to take English that you can take engineering. (laughs) Right, right. We have
1: A through G requirements, which we have to meet. um, We have high school graduation requirements, and there's A through G requirements, which are the UC college requirements for being a high school student. So we
0: have to meet all of those. That makes sense. There's more and more discussion about the necessity of college. Yeah. Um, And people looking at going into apprenticeships or going to two year schools or going to specific coding boot camps, for example, or programming boot camps, and then going straight into work from there. You're probably filling out college applications now, (laughs) maybe. I just
1: submitted (laughs) my last application yesterday.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Have your group of friends or has the high school or has anything really talked about the necessity of college? Do you think it's still necessary to go to college?
1: Well, from the school standpoint, from Mountain View High School standpoint, everything about the high school is centered towards getting kids into college. And we have AVID programs and and everything is just centered around, let's get you into college. And then there's a debate of good college versus uh, middle of the road college, which is a whole nother ballgame. I would say that Personally, I don't think college is like necessarily you must do this in order to be successful. However, it is a really neat opportunity to kind of move out of the house uh, and be a young adult surrounded by other young adults and slowly gain that independence of what it's like to live alone and what it's like to to work and what it's like to have all this freedom that you don't have as a person living under your parents' roof. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's really neat to be around other people doing that. So I'm really excited about that. But it's also as like going into an engineering field, it's really difficult to get an engineering job if you don't have a bachelor's in engineering um, or a bachelor's degree. Period. Um, so I would say that you absolutely can um, follow, you know, MIT Open Courseware and, and get yourself an equivalent education, which is actually how I'm taking my multi class this year, um, even though I have a professor. Um, but you can take all sorts of online courses and SolidWorks preparatory classes. But I would say that that bachelor's of engineering, um, bachelor's of science is going to get you a job far easier than just um, doing it on your own. Not saying that that's not an option, but it's a little easier that way.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it does somewhat probably depend on what you're going into. Um, And I also agree with you that college is so much about the experience, which is really a struggle, I think, for college students right now who aren't getting that same experience at most Mm -hmm. campuses and paying full
1: Um, tuition for online courses.
0: (laughs) Right? Yeah, I know, like, when I finished college, uh, it was a feeling like I've, my undergrad degree is in dance, and I've never Mm -hmm. been a professional dancer. But I felt like it was kind of a rite of passage, like employers just wanted to see that you had navigated this minefield of college and figured out the puzzle of classes and pieces that you needed to finish. And
1: if you could yep. finish
0: that, then you could finish a project at work and you could <laughs> navigate the things that you needed to do in the office. And I think that's it's also
1: a way to evaluate are you able to be an independent adult and not have <laughs> your personal life interfere with your work life?
0: Uh, there could be some debate around that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely.
1: But it's yeah. A, at least it's... a step beyond high school, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. So where, where have you applied?
1: I've applied to, I think, Maybe I should 14 just ask what places. Is. <laughs> I don't have one. I'm trying not to to set my heart on one school because sure. you never know with admissions. But I do really like Cal Poly and Tufts on the East Coast in Boston, and I would say also USC. So my top three so far. So right on.
0: Yeah. So who who has been your biggest influence or supporter? I would say in most recent years, probably I
1: would say Shelby. She's almost twenty years old now. Um, she. She has severe autism um, and I, I've been taking care of her and she actually used to go to Mountain View High School, which is where I first met her. Um, but I've been taking care of her for many years now at camp and also just with her family on the side. And she just taught me a lot of really neat things that I wouldn't have really otherwise learned. She definitely makes me be patient. She she requires a lot of patience. She She talks a lot. And she's she's a really interesting person. Um, she just has such a raw view on the world, and I think that's that's really neat. And you don't really get to see that, especially in like you know the high school world, everybody talks about teenagers being a little much sometimes. and she's, I guess she technically is still a teenager, but she doesn't quite have the same jaded view that um, a lot of high schoolers have. That's amazing.
0: You actually like made me tear up. Oh <laughs> That's really sweet um no it's just wonderful to hear you you know talk about a friend and talk about the different perspective and the things that you're able to learn from being around people who who are different than, than yourself.
1: yeah we go to animal assisted happiness every sunday and she is so excited when we get there she's at
0: up right and early at 5 a.m telling her parents <laughs> she's going to the
1: farm with me she's she's so funny
0: so you know, I'm the founder of an elementary school. Yep. And part of our, you know, part of our focus is the inclusion of students with disabilities. And you got to work with our dog with disabilities. Yes. Um, but can you share a story of a favorite teacher or class or project from elementary school, or a memory that you have from elementary school?
1: Yeah, I would say I had a really good set of teachers in elementary school. I don't remember all of my younger grades as as well as I remember my older grades, but I would say. One of my favorite elementary school experiences was science camp in fifth grade. For one week, um, the entire fifth grade and our fifth grade teachers um, went to Walden West with us. And that was just a really neat experience. We were in groups with our friends that we got to choose. And we had a, a counselor. I believe they're like high school volunteers. I thought they were so much older at the time. But um, they're high school volunteers that will come and just people leading the, leading the program. And we went on hikes and, and did all sorts of like outdoor learning by the Stevens Creek. Um, little did I know I'd actually end up working at the Walden West campus for VOS, which is a respite for um, kids and adults with disabilities,, uh, you know, five, ten years later. But uh, it's really neat. And I think that, that was probably one of my favorite
0: elementary school memories. That's awesome. I also got to do a science camp in fifth grade, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was definitely one of the things that I remember the most. We had a camp out at the end, and they had mm-hmm. everybody in group tents, and they led us on a night hike through the woods. and it was yep, terrifying, too. fun, and
1: exciting. <laughs> yep, we did the solo night hike. I remember that. <laughs> that
0: was oh, awesome. great! Well, is there anything else that you want to share, or anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like you'd like us to know?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think you've you've hit all the the topics. Unless you have any other questions.
0: <laughs> no, this has been great. I really I really appreciate your time and your insight and sharing your thoughts with us. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rebel Educator podcast. To learn more about us, visit rebeleducator.com, where you can learn about our professional development opportunities for educators and students and see our project library. If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, check out our Progressive Inclusive Elementary School, UP Academy, at upacademysf.com we'd like to say a special thank you to Atmosphere for use of their audio track, Miho. Thanks again for joining us, and we wish you well no matter where your educational journey may lead.